I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. Well, hello. Uh, I'm Tim Cocker, and this is the Lions Daily. We're another day closer to another match on tour, and this one looks like being an absolute cracker. Where the Lions face South Africa A tomorrow, probably the strongest Springbok A side ever, to be fair. And over the next hour, well, we're going to be building up to that game. We'll know a lot more about these two sides by the end of it. Uh, You'll hear from Lions assistant coach Neil Jenkins and hooker Ken Owens, who've both been speaking to the media today. Our performance analyst, Ross Hamilton, is going to give us an in-depth look at tomorrow's match and tell us what we can expect from both sides. Our player profile is Luke Cowan-Dickey, the Exeter and England hooker, and his brother Tom will join us for that, hopefully share a story or two. And uh, we'll also hear from Josh Navidi, Maru Itoji and the Springboks before we're done. So as you can hear, a lot going on. Best get into it, I reckon. Uh, So thank you for joining me on the show dedicated to British and Irish Lions and their tour to South Africa. And by the way, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Download the TalkSport app so you never miss a show. And any of our wall-to-wall Lions coverage over the next four weeks. And things are really starting to ramp up now. Uh, And tomorrow when the Lions face their toughest match of the tour so far. Assistant coach Neil Jenkins, he sat down for a chat with TalkSport 2's Andrew McKenna earlier. And he said he wants players to put their hands up for selection. Every time you pull on a shirt, every time you take the pitch, you never know if you're going to be involved in the following game or not. So, you know, we've got two games to go before the test series starts. Um, tomorrow's going to be a huge game for us, and so is Saturday. So, you know, at the end of the day, the guys that are going to be involved, you know, they obviously need to put their best foot forward and uh, see where it takes them. The final midweek game has gained almost sort of mythical status down the years in, in Lions history. But given the opposition tomorrow, does this match actually deserve that level of hype? Um, probably. There's, uh, there's obviously two good sides going at it tomorrow night. There's no doubt in that. Um, look, every game is important. And any time you pull on a shirt or you step on the pitch to represent the British and Irish Lions, you know, you, you need to try and put your hand up. You want to perform well. You want to play well. You want to try and stake a claim for the test team. That's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, the guys that take the pitch tomorrow and on Saturday, you know, have the opportunity to do that. And um, I'd like to think the guys in the previous games that we've already played certainly put their hand up and played some good rugby so far. So um, tomorrow's another level, um, but one we're looking forward to. The previous matches obviously create you some issues and some work-ons as coaches to, to go through with the players. 
10 days before the first test, though, is this almost perfect timing for, for a game of this quality in the fact that anything that it highlights, it gives you that, that time to work on before the first test? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, certainly 12 years ago, probably some of the games are a little bit easier than we would have liked. And I think we had a shock of our lives in, against South Africa in the first test. There's no doubt in that. And, um, you know, it took us probably a, a half to get into that game and uh, to realise what we're up against. But, you know, certainly we know what we're up against on this trip. There's no doubt in that. They're a fantastic team, fantastic players, well coached, um, world champions, obviously. So, um, look, tomorrow is going to be is a good it's going to be a good marker for both sides. There's no doubt in that. Um, they obviously some of the guys haven't played for a few weeks regarding the COVID scenarios and stuff, and um, some of them playing over in the UK. So you know they they look to obviously perform well as well tomorrow. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited, and I know everyone else is. Neil Jenkins, Lions assistant coach, saying the hype is totally justified for this one tomorrow night. And I've got to say, I totally agree. When you look at the lineups and how significant it could be, given the difficult build-up to the Test Series for both sides. Uh, TalkSport 2's Alfie Reynolds is with me right now. And uh, can I just say, Neil Jenkins, I love the the number of cliche, like, cliches he got in with Macca. It's brilliant. <laughs> Best foot forward, put your hand up for selection. Every game's important. Love it. Do you think it was like, what was the football tournament years ago? I know there was an England team. That had, I think they had to get song lyrics into their press conferences. I can't remember when it was. I think it was in the 90s. Do you think maybe that's what's going on with the Lions there? Maybe. Oh, you might, have, might be onto something there. Alfie Reynolds. We'll watch that one with interest, but Neil Jenkins is absolutely right. Uh, he says he wants players to try and stake a claim and there are, in pretty much every position, uh, one strong performance or one off-par performance and you're in or out of a test side. I think particularly a strong performance in this game as well because as we, we spoke about it yesterday on the show, I know we're, we're going to continue to probably mention it over the next hour as well, that the strength of this South Africa side going up against the Lions, for, for me, a really good performance tomorrow for any of those Lions players and they put themselves right in the shop window because it is going to be such a bigger challenge than they've faced so far. Yes, we've seen the wingers scoring loads of tries, but with the greatest respect to the opposition's defences, hasn't necessarily been the strongest. So tomorrow, without a doubt, I think we'll potentially go a, 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 long, a longer way in deciding the test team than those other matches we've we've seen. I'm completely with you. And yesterday we did a more sort of general look. Let's have a deep dive into one of the positions. In fact, a position that Neil Jenkins knows very well uh, at test level, uh, the, the fly-off jersey. If you were picking a test team to play the Springboks tomorrow, who would get the 10 jersey for you, Alfie? For me, Dan Bigger. For me, I'm, I'm going Dan Bigger. I know he was good against Japan. Gatlin knows him really well. And I, I just think, and we mentioned this before the show between the two of us, I think Dan Bigger is an underrated big game player. There's no doubt about that. It seems that so many times people have kind of written him off a little bit or thought, oh, so that, that player should be the future of uh, fly half for Wales. Dan Bigger just does his talking on the pitch. And the bigger the stage, the bigger the game. And like... Well, some of his World Cup performances have been massive. I'm still haunted by 2015, <laughs> the the England's defeat to Wales at Twickenham. I thought Dan Bigger was immense in that game in terms of how he went about his business, but his goal kicking as well under pressure. That the kick to win it was it from 45, 50 meters uh, at Twickenham World Cup game, biggest rivalry for those two teams. Yeah, I personally would go Dan Bigger, but you were suggesting that you maybe thought that the other. Yep. Night, he, he just wasn't quite on it as much as usual. Well, I, I, I've got a feeling that the Lions on at the weekend were told to go out and play the Sharks and just don't worry about playing a bit, playing it a bit loose. And if that is the case, it might explain it. But there was some uncharacteristic 
things done by Dan Bigger, some interceptions, some missed three passes he was giving that Dan Bigger would never normally give. And if, you know, if the Lions were told to go out and play a bit looser, fine. If they weren't, potentially, I might be looking at Owen Farrell for, for the test jersey. And that would also mean, and this is where I'm maybe coming, coming down on at the minute, you need a couple of bruisers in the centres when you play in South Africa. And maybe, therefore, you need a Bundiaki, a Robbie Henshaw, or Robbie Henshaw and Chris Harris, or, or one of those combinations. So, um, but hey, like you say, we'll know a lot more by this time tomorrow. Yeah, I think it will continue to change. The reason I say Dan Bigger is because if the test match was tomorrow, as things stand, and from what we've seen of the players so far, I'd probably go Owen Farrell at 12. So I'd be tempted to go for the double playmaker. And I think they might use Duan van der Merwe an awful lot off his wing to give you that extra option as a, in terms of a big ball carrier coming through the centres. Mm. It'd be interesting to see what, what Gatlin goes for. There's a lot of positions that are very much up for grabs. One of them is at hooker. And one of the contenders uh, who is starting tomorrow, Lions hooker Ken Owens, uh, he's back in that starting lineup for tomorrow. And he last started against Japan at Murrayfield. And he told TalkSport to... He was glad to be back on the team sheet. Uh, there's obviously been a, a rotation, which we all knew about. And uh, I was chef to get a start up in, up in Edinburgh. Enjoyed that uh, not, uh, that run out against um, against Japan. And obviously had, uh, had plenty of game time off the bench, uh, especially at altitude, which was fun. Not quite getting your second win, but uh, no, just looking forward uh, for another opportunity to to start in a in a Lions uh, jersey and you know and, and hopefully put another performance in um, to get the win on uh, uh, for us on Wednesday night. Ken Owens talking ahead of this game. He sounds very calm. He's been there and done it at international level, but he will know the magnitude of this one, especially in that position where you have got three very worthy candidates for a test jersey. Well, particularly with Ken Owens and Jamie George, Luke Cowan-Dickey as well, we, we know how good he is, but in terms of inner Lions jersey and, and regularly international level, to be honest, Tim, I think that's one of those positions that whoever Warren Gatlin goes for, everyone will be, yeah, fair enough. I don't think it's going to necessarily cause some of the debate and potential controversy that certainly a lot of the other positions might do. Yeah, when I think about the documentary shows there have been in previous years, uh, you can imagine the player cam uh, might be put on those three hookers because whoever does miss out can feel quite hard done by. And actually seeing how, how they react will t- would tell us a lot about the the strength of unity within within the squad, which actually seems really good at this particular moment in time. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, at the moment, are you, are you, do you have an inkling yourself between Ken Owens and Jamie yeah. George? I'm guessing they're. I mean, they're the front runners, right? Yeah, I think Jamie George, and then I think that uh, I think the debate at the minute is who's on the bench, and I would possibly go Luke Cowan Dickey on the bench for impact and explosivity. So Ken Owens, I think at this point, if I were picking, he'd be the guy that misses out. But like you say, I would not be unhappy if he was starting. Interesting. At the moment, I, I probably would. I'd probably go Jamie George, but then maybe Ken Owens on the bench. It's a bit more of a like-for-like, like, isn't it? Mm. But just in terms of that experience, I think, if it's a if it's a tight test match, needing to make sure you hit your line-outs, all that sort of thing. Well, by the way, more on Luke Cowan-Dickey a bit later in the show. But let's uh, flip our attention over to South Africa A. And for them, or what is, for all intents and purposes, South Africa side, it is a huge game to try and get them up to speed ahead of the test matches. And Springbok centre, Lacanio Am, he says he's, he hopes that they can match the Lions physically after being in isolation. We'll go into this game um, quite fresh in terms of bodies and, and maybe with, with guys that had niggles, I think they had you know, enough time to recover on that. Um, but uh, in terms of the physical side, we'll, we'll have to see where we're at um, you know, uh, tomorrow. But uh, as a team, we'll, we'll definitely give, give our best and uh, we'll try... Uh, and push as, as as much as we can. 
Lacanio Am there. If there's one, if there's one guy uh, in the backs in world rugby who could definitely put in a physical performance, it'll be him. Uh, but the same goes for South Africa. I, I don't think they probably need to worry about physicality too much. It might just be keeping it going for the 80 minutes, but they're massive. They'll be fine. I think it comes naturally to this South African side, but we heard Razi Erasmus yesterday, didn't we, where he said it's more about match match fitness really for them in terms of combinations they're not too worried I'd imagine they know they can bring it physically and bring it in big games it's purely about getting that match fitness it will be interesting to see how they how they go tomorrow we, we know that they've got a quality 15 they've put out but where are they at this stage compared with the Lions in, in terms of being prepared for those test matches yeah there's one comparison that, that was brought to my attention the other day uh, Argentina uh, were basically training in hotel rooms for weeks and then in their first game back, they went and they beat New Zealand. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, they? yeah. That so, was incredible. Yeah, I mean, they didn't manage to back it up week after week in the, in the subsequent games, but it, it can be done, and um, I'm sure they will leave no stone unturned in the Springbok camp. Uh, there is more news and more other things going on, uh, more wild speculation as well, and we will get into all of that a little bit later on on the Lions Daily on Talksport Two with the famous Grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware, commentary of every game of the Lions Tour to South Africa right across the TalkSport network. And next, we'll chat with our performance analyst, Ross Hamilton, and look ahead to tomorrow's game. Oh, little in and out move from Anthony Watson into the 22. Bends off the defender. And that's a sensational score. I'm absolutely delighted with the team that put out because that helps our preparation immensely. Elliot Daly over the 22. Lovely angle from Elliot Daly. There's some players that you just have a lot of knowledge about and that you've worked with a lot under pressure during World Cup. It's a big one this it's a really big one tomorrow welcome back to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 where tomorrow you'll be able to hear South Africa A and their side taking on the Lions we've got all the action on TalkSport 2 and ahead of every game on tour we get into the details and we break down some of the big matchups and combinations with the help of uh, well former Saracens and England performance analyst now our man for the summer Ross Hamilton Roscoe Hey, Tim, how you doing? Very well, mate. Very well. Let's, let's get into this then. Um, and we'll start with the Lions, if, if that's all right, because I, I want to know what we've what you've made of the, the different way the Lions have played on this tour so far, because we've seen a few different styles already. We have, and it was interesting there, you all sort of um, talked just a minute ago about your starting tens. Um, we've talked about this a few times already, but it's the playmaker balance. It just describes how the teams are playing, where they want to attack on the pitch. And I've seen a few different things here and probably four different styles of play in the four games that we've seen. So in our first game against Japan, we had Conor Murray starting um, and it was the most that we played off of nine in the, in the, uh, in the tour so far. We then go into the, the second game, the Sigma Lions, and we had Russell at 10 and Farrell out at 12. And we saw that the Lions attacked a huge amount off of 10 and 12, a lot less off of nine. We move it down into then the Sharks game. Um, we had Farrell starting at 10 and a huge proportion of the play went through 10. Very, very little. The least of the tour so far off of 12. Coming into then the last game against the Sharks, um, we then had Bigger starting at 10 with Davis at 9. We had a huge amount go through Bigger at 10, very little through Davis. So there are four different variations of the style there that we're trying to play. And I think what's going to be interesting about tomorrow is going to have Conor Murray and Bigger starting. And we've seen in their games so far that they've really tried to control the games themselves. And it's the balance now 
that we get when those two are playing to see who's going to come out on top or who's going to lead or where we're going to play as a Lions team. And the, and the question everyone's asking, so I, I'll just ask your opinion now, which way do you think would be most effective against South Africa? I know that they're a un, slightly unknown quantity in the sense we haven't seen them for a long time, but um, if, you, if you were in Warren Gatlin's shoes, which of those styles would you pick? It would be brave, but for me, I would pick the wider game style. We know, we talked about it, and I'll talk about it a bit later, the physicality of South Africa. I think you have to move them away from the ruck you have to take them out of their game style, their game plan, play with some width and play into the space. And another thing I'll mention, again, I'll, I'll come back to this in South Africa um, chatting a little bit, um, but I also had a look at how much possession time that the Lions had. And I wonder whether this is interesting to, to anybody, it certainly is to me, um, but I took the two Sharks games just as a back-to-back, head-to-head and, and as a comparison. Now, in the first Sharks game, we, as the Lions, only had the ball in our hands, in our possession for 13 minutes. And I wonder if anybody would know that or, or would sort of take note of that number. That all the training you do in the week and all the training that they've led up to in their careers leads to 13 minutes of, of attacking possession, of which we scored 54 points in. So we're still very, very successful. And that's something I was going to say with our styles as well. We're winning. We've won all our games. We, we've scored 209 points so far. So we're very successful in any of the styles that we play. We kind of have the ability to do whatever we need to. And that one is, is um, of note to me. Because South Africa really tried to um, withhold and restrict their opposition a lot. They won't have a lot of possession typically. So 13 minutes of possession is very low. However, we were still very efficient at it and managed to score some tries. So it could be really interesting that we may be able to manage what South Africa throw us. That is really fascinating. Well, uh, let's balance it up with a, a focus on South Africa. Well, I guess South Africa A uh, in this case, you've named a high-quality side for this game. Uh, and uh, have a little listen to what Josh Navidi, the flanker for the Lions, told TalkSport. Uh, he said he's looking forward to the challenge. I've cheered they've gone fully loaded. So uh, we just take it as another test, really, and, and get on with it. Like They're going to go pretty strong, and they probably need to get a game time in, um, which you're looking for. And all we can do is prep as we have been, and um, it'll be a good game on Wednesday. Massive understatement there. It could be a huge game. Really hard to know what South Africa A are going to bring. So, Ross, what, what's your analysis telling us that the Lions should expect? Yeah, I had a little look at their only warm-up game so far against Georgia. It was probably a very similar standard of team as well. There, there were some um, players that you'd probably argue a case that might be in, but it, it was a very similar level. And again, the big thing that I found here was that they really restricted Georgia in everything that they did. Didn't give them much to play with. I'll go through some of the numbers. South Africa had 65% possession time. They had 75% territory. And then if I compare some of the big ones, South Africa had 139 carries. Georgia only 62. South Africa 473 meters. Georgia only 135. South Africa clean breaks 13. And Georgia only three. Now, those are huge differences and huge margins. But what that equated to, and the really big one for me, was how little... South Africa let Georgia into their own 22. So Georgia only had four entries into the red zone. So South Africa's 22 in the entire game. Let's give you a comparison. The Lions on the weekend just gone and Sharks had 24 entries. So it's a, it's, a, it's a huge difference. And it's a tiny little number that they're allowing any pressure on themselves. To add to that, they didn't concede a single point from it. Georgia's nine points came just from kicks from penalties outside of the 22. So if, if that's the game style, they're going to limit and restrict it as much as possible. And Lions might only get a few chances and they're really going to have to take them when they come around.
maybe my old uh, school teacher back in the day uh, was onto something. He used to always talk about defend the 22 like your try line. That was the thing, but it, it seems like that's their style. So what, what I'm, what's basically shaping up for tomorrow and possibly for the Test Series is a South Africa side that managed to restrict the opportunities and a Lions side that are really good at taking opportunities when they have them. That's uh, that's pretty fascinating, Ross. Yeah, exactly that. Your, your teacher's possibly right. If uh, South Africa can do that, they might have a good chance of stopping the Lions. If we can get there more often than they're used to and convert when we're there, then we may have a good chance. On to the individuals. Um, what can we expect from some of the big-name players for South Africa? It's a really strong South Africa A side. Um, I guess the context here is we haven't seen them since the World Cup final in a lot of cases, but is there anything you can tell us? Yeah, I, well, I looked at the World Cup. That was obviously their last real outing in anger. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, one thing I wanted to look at was this um, perception that they're a physically collision-based dominant team. I only say that is because a lot of the times um, some of the stats might come up that shows that, that might not be the case or there are certain um, myths that go with the team. But in this case, this is definitely not one of them. South Africa are 100% physical team. They had the best collision success in the competition. They averaged 32% of their carries were dominant. And to give you some context, the next best in the tournament was New Zealand at 27 and the average was 21. So I wanted to put that out there just in case to show categorically, without doubt, they are a very physical team. Now, the only thing with that is their players who contribute to that. For me, I looked into this and I was trying to find some of the players and who was their biggest contributors, how they fit into the World Cup as a whole. And they seem to be very spread. So we, we pick out star players, Colby being one of them, but they do seem to have a lot of players who contribute in a lot of different ways. And it isn't just one guy who makes all the line breaks, all the defenders beat and all the carries, all the meters and gets all the stats associated with it. A lot of guys contributing. So at the World Cup, for example, not playing tomorrow, but Damien Dale, and he was their top ball carrier. He was fourth overall. But then again, not playing, but Makazoli Mapimpi, who had the most meters made for South Africa and was sixth overall. Chesin Colby, who is, he only had actually 10th overall for defenders beaten, but he contributed the most for South Africa there. And then in terms of uh, clean breaks, line breaks, Warwick uh, Gallant was the most, uh, the highest contributor for South Africa and sixth overall. So they share a lot of the workload. I think a lot of this game style is based around actually being quite pragmatic. They kicked quite a lot of the possession. They had the two top um, kickers of the ball in the World Cup in Faf de Klerk and Andre Pollard. Um, so they play a very pragmatic game. All of their players, all of their talent get involved and contribute to the match style. Um, and it's, a, it's very much a team performance. And I do think that is why, apart from the fact that they're not actually going to have many games at all to prepare, that Razi Erasmus has named such a strong team is because he wants that team to play together and to get that game time ready for the tests. Absolutely love it, Ross. Thanks, mate. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Thanks, bud. Cheers. Nice one. Uh, Ross Hamilton, our resident performance analyst at former England and Saracens as well. And, well... I don't really need to tell you that he knows his stuff. You just heard it. And I'm absolutely buzzing for this game now, which, uh, correction, is on TalkSport. Not TalkSport 2 tomorrow. Alfie, we're getting the big guns out for this one, fella. No, oh, it's a big one. It's a big one now. All the games from this point on, Tim, are going to be on TalkSport. Oh, I, can't, I cannot wait for this one. Uh, so uh, this is the Lions Daily, but uh, I'm just going to flag up something happening a bit later on TalkSport 2 because uh, it's the 149th Open getting underway live on TalkSport 2 from Thursday and for everything you need to know ahead of the tournament, you can join Russ Hargreaves, Rupert Bell, 
and Sean O'Brien on TalkSport 2 from 7pm this evening for the Open Preview Show. Uh, right now, though, we're going to continue in a moment with the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18-plus, be drink aware. Commentary of every game on the Lions Tour to South Africa on TalkSport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, it's all of us. It's not just I me. Mean, it's Gats, obviously. Gats leads everything, as he always does anyway. Steve, myself, and the players. You know, we've got some fantastic players here that can lead from the front, both on and off the pitch. You know, certainly our decision-makers and our tens are, you know, experienced players. And, um, yeah, they can take a fair bit of that as well. So, no, it's just uh, everyone linking in, everyone helping out. And uh, same as we always do day-to-day. is no different, really. Of course, we'd love Greg here. There's no doubt in that. Um, and he will be here pretty soon. So, um but you know everyone chipping in and everyone trying to you know give their own input in the, in the right way there you go neil jenkins talking about gregor townsend i, I the, the documentary of this tour is going to be absolutely fascinating and i can imagine i'm imagining gregor townsend who yesterday we heard was doing what he can with videos and whatsapp groups to the players I imagine he's been given a player cam as well. Uh, really strange, but um, they seem to be making the best of a difficult situation. Well, one of the interesting things, Tim, is through all this and throughout these shows, me and you have, have been saying we've been impressed with how together the Lions seem to be and how things don't seem to be affecting them. And, and this Gregor Townsend situation, I think, is another one of those, isn't it? I mean, it, it doesn't seem to. Neil Jenkins spoke there and we, and we heard him saying about how all the coaches have pitched in and probably some of the senior players, I can imagine, you know, Dan Bigger and Owen Farrell really having quite a big input in training about how they want to approach things. I think it's another hurdle that they seem. I mean, I guess ultimately the proof will be in how they do against the Springboks. But so far, it looks like they've done a good job of dealing with quite a tough, d- tough situation. Yeah, and you're right. And without having Gregor Townsend, you're right in pointing out that the leadership that there is in the group, there are people that can take up that mantle and take it on. Uh, They've got some smart cookies in there. As for South Africa, well, uh, yesterday we spoke about the ongoing negotiations between playing another South Africa versus the Lions game on Saturday instead of the Stormers. Uh, Josh Navidi was asked about that and said, wouldn't be fair. The tour schedule's been put out and obviously meant to be playing Springbok a 
well on Wednesday, but we're obviously playing probably the main side and um, obviously Stormers on Saturday. So it'd be nice to actually get a chance to run against the Stormers because it might be a little bit unfair then because some of their boys would be in hyped for the game as well, the Stormers boys. There you go, Josh Navidi talking about that one. And uh, phew, there, there seemed like there was a little bit of uh, horse trading going on, a bit of bartering. It seems like that particular argument has been settled now and in fact uh, there are, there's talk about South Africa playing against the Bulls uh, yeah, this weekend yeah exactly Tim that that was all of the the debate yesterday wasn't it around what was happening here we had Razi Erasmus saying that he was going to beg he was going to do everything he could to get another game against the Lions on the weekend Warren Gatlin saying that's not going to happen at the moment it doesn't look like that will happen yeah there is a uh, Rumours and reports that South Africa rather will play another provincial team and the Lions will play their scheduled fixtures. So it seems like maybe that's died down. But the South African camp in their media today saying they would like it to happen still, but maybe they're just not too hopeful they're going to. Yeah, I think I think that ship might have sailed at this point. Um, back to the second row situation in, in the Lions camp. And firstly, I should say that uh, Neil Jenkins was asked earlier today about Alan Wynne-Jones, uh, who yesterday was rumoured to be about to rejoin the Lions squad. He was doing some training sessions with Wales and, and what we understand to be the case right now is that uh, they hadn't, at the point of the press conference earlier, actually had a report from Wales on the double session that Alan Wynne-Jones was doing. So a decision on his reintegration with the squad or not is imminent, but we don't have that yet. No, exactly. There are still very strong reports that Alan Wynne-Jones will rejoin the team. I know Maratoje did get asked about it earlier on today. We're going to hear from him in in, in just a moment. Uh, our reporter, Andrew McKenna, didn't necessarily speak to him about that, but Maratoji did talk about how Alan Wynne-Jones and, and the impact that he would have in rejoining uh, the squad. So I think it's a really interesting storyline to see, first of all, if he does, what his role's going to be. But he is back in full training with Wales. And if they're waiting to see how his full training has gone with Wales, then, I mean, is there a part of them, Tim, that's thinking whether he'll be back for the test matches? It seems that way. But it seems crazy to think that. It did. When, <laughs> it did, certainly, when we... Well, firstly, you would have thought from his face in that game against Japan, oh, well, that's it, it's done. And then we heard he might get back for the third test, potentially. And now, Warren Gatlin was talking about it's a pretty miraculous recovery that he's made. An absolute warhorse of a man... And potentially, I mean, whether he would be on the bench or come back for the second test, but we will see. We don't even know if he's rejoining the squad yet, but we'll keep across that for you. But you mentioned that Andrew McKenna had a chat with Maro Itoji. Let's hear from Maro and what he had to say about the Lions game this, uh, well, tomorrow. How are you? Because obviously you had to miss the other night with a bug. Is that now all cleared up? How how bad was it? Um, Yeah, it wasn't too pretty. (laughs) It wasn't too pretty. I um I don't really like you know it takes a lot for me to um, miss a game so it wasn't too pretty but you know we thank God that I'm here smiling and healthy and so I'm speaking to my lovely friends in the media. <laughs> um, just your thoughts on that um, South Africa A side. I mean it, it is absolutely fully loaded. I mean th- this is going to be by far the, the hardest w- workout that you've had so far on tour. Yeah, you, as you said, you're right. Um, that's the reason why we've we've come to South Africa to to play to play the world champions, to play to play South Africa's um, best players. And to be honest, this is brilliant prep for us because we've the games we've had so far they've been good games and we've taken a lot from them. But this is this is going to be a step up in terms of 
the intensity of the game, in terms of the physicality, in terms of the energy. And for us, this is, you know, I, I don't think you could ask for better preparation going into the test. So it's, um, it's brilliant. Maru Itoji talking with Andrew McKenna and he always sounds so calm when he speaks but he's such a, an animal on the field and I, I do like the noises coming out of Lions ever since the Springbok A side was announced they seem to be like just up for it like yes we're playing a near test level side bring it on I think the players know how big it is as well, don't they? They, they? they know what this fixture will potentially mean. We spoke about, you know, selection decisions. And I do believe that if they play better in this game, it's going to be a better mark on their resume, if you like, when it comes to that coach's meeting of who they select for the test because the team they're facing is is so much better. But Maratoje, for me, Tim, I don't think there's many people that wouldn't have him in there in their starting test team. Do you know what I mean? Of, of all the selection dilemmas that we speak about, Maratoja is one of those players that I think the majority of people would have him starting against South Africa. I think you'd have him starting in a world 15. Yeah, I that's what I mean. He's uh, that yeah, good. Yeah, he's that good. South Africa would start him uh, if they had the chance. And that is saying something with the embarrassment and riches they've got in second row. So, Him just, and Etzebeth oh, together. Well, him and Etzebeth going head-to-head again tomorrow for the first time since that Rugby World Cup final and Maru Itoji mentioned the Rugby World Cup final which will be in the back of the minds of uh, those guys that were on the field for England uh, as they line up to face South Africa well South Africa A in this case and then a test series uh, over to South Africa we'll, we'll just leave um, the rugby itself for a moment and something quite poignant actually as we move towards the Springbok camp there's been a lot going on over in South Africa. You may well have seen the news about the, the riots taking place. That's in addition to everything regarding COVID as well. And the Springbok coach, Swandile Stick, he today said he wants to unite the country and give them hope. We are actually living in a very sad time currently with what we see on social media and also when it comes to the news on TV. And uh, I think that is actually one of the main reasons what we live for as the Springbok team. You know, we just want to put the smile on the people's face, you know, and we just want to give them hope. And uh, I will never forget the images, you know, on the streets when we, after we won the World Cup, you know, where everyone, where everyone in the streets were only just speaking one language, which is the rugby language. And everyone was happy at that time. So those are the moments that we want to create in South Africa. Those are the hope that, that that's the kind of hope we want to build. We are, uh, with everything that we see now currently that is happening, it is very, very sad, and you know. But once again, our job is to make sure that we, if we can get an opportunity as a Springbok team to unite the country and, and put the smile on the people's face, that is what we live for. So hopefully, we can do that. And that is what it's all about. Uh, this is a very special tour. It happens once every four years. It's one of the last re- relics of the amateur era. It's about so much more than rugby, and has been through the years. And when you ally that to the fact that the, the Springbok side in South Africa and what that represents in previous years and only in the last couple of years at that the Rugby World Cup and the, the images we have of Sir Khaleesi and of uh, Makazola Mapimpi and, and things like that and, and Razi Erasmus and a whole country coming together it's um, really really beautiful words from Zwandile Stick and puts everything in perspective Yeah of course it does and we've mentioned it previously but we've never really got too much of an indication of all the things going on in South Africa, whether it be COVID or or the riots and things like that, Tim. We've never really got too much of an impression that the South African public over there don't want the tour to go ahead. I know for some people that is a debate of whether it's right for it to be happening. But over in South Africa, I haven't got the sense that they don't want it to go ahead because I think, you know, it is so special to them. 
Yeah, and I think rugby once again can be that that unifying force that it has been, and uh, and well. He's hoping it will be for a long time to come, not least on this current tour. Uh, this is the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18-plus, be drink aware. The TalkSport network has commentary of every match on the 2021 Lions Tour. Tomorrow evening for that game against South Africa, Ray, on TalkSport. Uh, we'll be on air for 6pm for that one. Uh, next, though, well, I've... Um, I've been keeping my eye on the social media accounts of some of the Lions players, and I will report, and uh, as well as that, hopefully... We'll speak to Luke's big brother, Tom Cowan-Dickey. Puts it out to the right, and finally, they connect, and they're in England. It's Luke Cowan-Dickey. Luke Cowan-Dickey exits Chiefs, England. He's another real competitor. Um, you've got the things I've really experienced in that that hooking position and uh, the, the three of them are going to really fight it out and I'm sure when he gets his opportunity he's going to make the most of it. Turned over on their own line by Luke Cowan-Dickey and he brings it away. He actually went back into his own in-goal area to find an angle to bring it back onto the field of play. I'll tell you what I will do right now. I'm going to take you just around the internet a little bit because I've been keeping my eye on some of the things that have been going on on the uh, social media accounts of some of the Lions players. And first up, uh, let's go to Carl Sinclair and his Instagram page. Now, Alfie Reynolds, do you remember the 2013 Lions tour when Paul O'Connell uh, and the words he said in a t- in a huddle about at the time a very young twenty two year old Owen Farrell. What was it? Was it? I'll play for you all day, something like that. E- exactly that. I'll play for you all day. He was Paul O'Connell, the skipper, was really taken with the attitude of Owen Farrell. Well, those very words are what Kyle Sinclair has posted online in relation to the captain for tomorrow night, Connor Murray. He, he said, I'll, I'll play for you all day. A little echoes of that, which I thought was a lovely touch. That's a very nice little touch. Do you th- is it deliberate? Are we saying it's, a, it's a deliberate reference? I'm saying it's a deliberate reference, yeah. Okay, cool. No, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm just clarifying. Yeah, good. Uh, secondly, uh, an Irish Lions fan online has made such a good observation. I, I just think, how has this not been thought of before? They pointed out that the Lions crest is all wrong. So, you know, it's a badge that's made up of the four badges of the home unions. He said, why hasn't it got top left... Ireland's crest, bottom left Wales, top right Scotland, bottom right England. Uh, yeah, England. It's such a good shout. Because at the moment, England are top left, Wales are bottom right, Ireland bottom left, Scotland top right. So Scotland are the only ones in the right place at the moment. Yeah, in terms of if you looked at a map of the UK and Ireland, it's such a simple thing to do. I mean, it's been going since 1888 and no one spotted it yet. So fair play to that man. I'll never be able to look at it the same way now, <laughs> Tim. That's the problem. Well, they can they can put it right if they want to. Uh, now to Lewis Reese Zamet. He's posted a picture of himself on Instagram. And the picture is before a game. I think it was a game at the weekend. And it's him looking, uh, looking clearly looking at someone, maybe giving a team talk. And, and um, it's the comments underneath that I really like. So Tom Curry straight in there on the comments and says, girls will love this. But Tom Curry has put that in quotation marks, which... So Tom Curry's written with quotation oh, marks around it. Oh, I see. I'm with you. Girls will love this. So Tom Curry, Curry isn't saying, oh, nice picture, mate. The girls will love that. He's putting it in quotation marks, which says to me he's repeating the words of someone else and maybe even Lewis Rees-Zammett himself. I, that's what I would take away from that. I think that's what <laughs> Lewis Rees-Zammett has said before he's posted it. And if that is the case... 
Fantastic Tom Curry. Excellent banter. <laughs> that certainly seems to hint at the at the, the camaraderie that has been building in this group of men. And we've certainly got a sense of that on Lions Daily from the bits we've heard. Totally. And, and we keep referencing it, don't we? Because we have been surprised. The conditions of the tour, in a lot of ways, sounds pretty poor for the, for the players in, in terms of the bus being sectioned off. And obviously they've had some bits of isolation things, but the spirit seems to be pretty good. So good on them. Yeah. And uh, more of that, please. More throwing your teammate under a bus in the comments, please. I'll, I'll keep my eye on it for you. And if you spot anything, hey, get in touch. And uh, this one, I, I really like this. So a rugby fan on TikTok, uh, going by the name The Rugby Guy Official, worth a follow, I reckon, if you're on that. Are you on TikTok, Alfie? I've not got on board with this yet. I've passed by TikTok. I can't. I, can't. I think that's the one that my age has overtaken me yeah, on. I don't I'm think it's for me. Totally with you, mate. Anyway, this fella... He's, he's, he's may have got to the bottom of just why the South African A-side looks so strong. Have you seen the South Africa A-squad? It's pretty much the Springboks. Yo, these are Springboks. No, 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 it's South Africa A. So the Lions are taking on South Africa A in Cape Town. Yo, but in South Africa, we say A after everything. Like, Lekka A, Azare, South Africa A. It's the same team. What? <laughs> Very good. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, more of that uh, on the next Lions Daily, I'm sure. Uh, right now, though, let's go to uh, well, the man who's picking the brains of the, the men that matter. He's your commentator calling the big games as well. Andrew McKenna, how are you doing? I'm all right, Chief. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, do you know what I'd like to pick your brains on for a second? Before, oh, God help us then. <laughs> before we're done, is is the psychological challenge. We just referenced it there. It feels like the camaraderie in the Lions group's really strong. Uh, we, we thought before the tour it was all going to be about the physical uh, encounter, but this has been a much as much a mental challenge as everything. So what can you tell us? Absolutely. The, the, the players are having an awful lot. And let's be honest, the Lions for the last few years has, has been really interesting. It's been beautifully made. But in many respects, this one will probably tell us more than we'll ever know because it'll actually show us behind the scenes what they're actually doing, what they're dealing with. Because, yeah, you're absolutely right in the fact that um, there's not a lot they can do. I mean, to give you an example, um, the hotel where the Lions are now stationed, we're calling it Cape Town. It's actually 90 kilometres southeast of Cape Town. They're, they've managed to find themselves, which is basically a golf resort. Uh, they've taken that over, so at least they can get out and about. The Springboks are actually in a hotel in the city centre in Cape Town that they are basically holed up in. They're either there, getting on a coach, or at training. So um, the Lions, I mean, at least have got a little bit of freedom of movement, which um, some of the other teams certainly don't have. That's really interesting. And in terms of your preparation, which I know you're meticulous in your prep uh, for tomorrow night, what what are the what are the key areas you, your mind is taken to as you're weighing up this matchup? I just can't get the... I mean, you, you've said it already. This is a test match. This is a test match, except it's just a non-cap international. I mean, I'm taking the letter A out of South Africa A. Any squad that's got 674 test caps in it, um, that tells you all you need to know. So this is a full-on, full-on match. I mean, it's going to be fascinating. I'm looking at combinations now. Maro, Atoje and Ian Henderson. To me, that looks really significant. Uh, Kyle Sinclair, Wynne Jones. Can they get above uh, Tyke Furlong? I think Wynne Jones might be the starting loose head at the moment. Connor Murray and Dan Bigger look like the 9 and 10. So I really want to see them dominate these games. But it's going to be fascinating to see how, how South Africa go. That They're so short of a race. They really do need this game. So how much do the Lions show their hand and how much do they almost try and keep them at arm's length?
Macaroos in the uh, commentary box with you for this one. It is the certain um, sausage-fingered man himself. James Haskell makes his tour debut with us tomorrow, and I'm sure it is going to be very entertaining. There's no doubt about that. I can't wait. Cheers, Macca. Have a good one. And uh, you've been listening to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18+, plus. be drink aware. TalkSport has got commentary of every match on the 2021 Lions Tour. And as Macca mentioned, we will be on air 6pm on TalkSport tomorrow with the help of James Haskell and the team. Uh, for that match against South Africa. And I'll say it, even if Macca won't, South Africa, A. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 